You know what Miracle Grow is? Anybody know what you use that stuff for? It's great stuff. You put Miracle Grow on your tomatoes and you get big tomatoes. You put Miracle Grow on your flowers. You get big flowers. But it can't do everything. Even though it does do some very good things. In the Bible, God makes some real promises about spiritual miracle grow in our lives. You will grow strong and vigorous if you do some of these things. So God is actually promising a lifetime of spiritual growth. Follow along. Look at Colossians 2 verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. As I've watched spiritual growth over the years, I've seen there's probably about one of three experiences that we have. We start talking about our personal spiritual growth. When it comes to spiritual growth, some people experience what I would call in your notes number one, a one-time experience of growth. They have the feeling something happened. Maybe it was way back when they were teenagers in confirmation class as a kid, but you've never really built on it. You never continued a personal study of the Bible. So some people just remember a one-time experience. Number two, many people have what I would call in your notes a time-to-time experience for spiritual growth. Every once in a while, you grow a little bit, but then it seems like you fall back. There's a little bit of progress, followed by long periods in between, when you are simply disconnected from God, from other people. So a lot of people have these time-to-time experiences. This is sort of the one-step-forward-and-eight-steps-backward experience. My goal is that we get to the point where we can at least have three steps forward and only two back. Number three in your notes is what I would call a lifetime experience of growth. And I know we cannot reach perfection. We are human beings. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall sometimes. We've got to let God then pick us up by his grace. It's possible to take three steps forward and two steps backward. You look at your life, feel that you do not have a perfect day, you did mess up, but overall you're making progress. Sort of like you are a work in progress. I heard that before. Let me explain. When I talk about growth, spiritual growth, I'm not talking about growth like a rocket, where a rocket takes off and just goes straight up all the time until it reaches its target. That's not what spiritual growth is like. Spiritual growth is more like climbing a mountain, where you go up a little, then you have to go down through a little ravine. Then you go up a little bit more, 
and you go down a little bit. This may be an emotional dip or a relational dip, but overall you are making progress. That's how spiritual growth works. I would like to share with you three essential ingredients for your spiritual miracle growth. In your notes, number one, the first ingredient is commitment. See, without commitment, there's no growth. The picture I like to get is Olympic athletes. An Olympic athlete may have all the tools, the right type of body and able to be the right be the kind of athlete they want. But then they have to make a commitment to build on those abilities. An athlete just cannot show up at an Olympic event one day. Hey, I never thought about it, but I'll give it a sprint of the world. I might win a gold medal. That might work for me. No way. An Olympic athlete practices month after month, year after year, committed. Committed to developing the abilities that God God-given. And the same thing is true of your spiritual growth. God has put everything into you and into me. What we need for our spiritual growth. We get to know Jesus, become members of his body, the church. In holy baptism, God gives us his Holy Spirit. You have your team around you who are the people of God. You have his word for guidance. Look at Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord reign throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what? Fully committed to him. The first and second chronicles in the Old Testament are all about the kings of Israel. They are especially a case study in commitment or lack thereof. They're a study in what begins commitment, what ends commitments, what grows commitment, what erodes commitments. You read these books and they are a study of life of some who made a commitment, they build on that commitment, and they saw incredible things happen for them and for God's people. Others failed at the commitment. They saw the devastation in their lives because of that failure. The prophet there is a guy by the name of Hanani, and he's bringing God's word to a a king whose name was Asa. This king has decided to go out. He's going to find a foreign ruler find a foreign power he's going to depend upon for his victory in battles. That's instead of depending upon God. And was Asa was depending now on a foreign ruler. For that lack of commitment, Asa, the prophet, is hearing from God's word. For the eyes of the Lord reign throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. See, God wanted a partnership God wanted a partnership with King Asa. God wanted a commitment from King Asa. And this is what King Asa is hearing now from the prophet. You need to be fully committed. Without your commitment, there's no growth in your notes. Without commitment, there's no growth. The question behind commitment is what is it that you're relying on? God wants hearts fully committed to him. You're wondering, fully committed? You gotta be kidding. That's too hard to be fully committed. How am I going to do this in my life? To be fully committed. Well, I have some good encouragement for you. And you know it's the good news about commitment. God is committed to your growth. Since God is already committed, he wants you to grow. 
He wants you to be committed to the process. Just look at Titus chapter 2, verse 14. In fact, read that verse with me together out loud. Jesus gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing what is right. What's that verse saying? The power to be fully committed in your notes comes from Jesus. If I have to be fully committed on my own, it's not going to work. But Jesus, he gave his life, not only for the forgive me my sins on the cross, but also to grow me, to help me to live a life that is fully committed to him. Commitment is a choice. Just look at Deuteronomy 30, verse 20. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, committing yourself firmly to him. This meaning God is the key to your life. Now, God could have made us, made the choice for us. God could have made us robots, always committed, but he did not. God put everything in us. We need to live out committed lives. But we have to make that choice. He called us to make a choice day by day. That choice is the expression of our love for him. It's about our relationship with him. So for a few minutes, I want you to think about your involvement in Bible study or a small group. Your growth is dependent upon three choices. In your notes, number one, every group is to be involved in Bible study. We want all groups participating in Bible study, a devotion, personal study of their Bibles. Number two, in your notes, every leader also committed to host the study. We are to be involved more and more people in a Bible study, then we need every leader willing to host a small group. One of our training as leaders for small group studies, we use the word host. Host, H, means to have a heart for people. To be a leader, you have to have a heart for people. Do you love people? The O in the word host means to open your Bible class or open your home to meet together. Be invitational. Be inviting. The S in the word host means to serve. Serve something to drink. Coffee, tea, pop, or even a little brew, I heard recently. An essential key to growth is to show hospitality. T in the word host means turn. Turn on a DVD or train leader to teach a lesson. That's doable. Think you can invite a family, invite a friend to your home, to your Bible class. Be invitational. If you just love people enough, you can do it. And in your notes number three, every one of us should be joining some kind of small group or Bible study. If you're not in a Bible study or a small group, or if you were in one but have dropped out, it's a good time to make a commitment. Make a commitment now to meet together with family or friends. The first ingredient in miracle grow is commitment. And without commitment, there's no spiritual growth. Number two in your notes, the second ingredient for your spiritual growth is balance. If you're going to enjoy a lifetime of spiritual growth, it takes balance. So you know people who are out of balance just like a balanced diet is needed to be healthy physically. 
There is a balance you need when it comes to your spiritual growth as well. There's little known secret about how to get miracle grow into your life. It's a constant source of frustration. So we look at Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7, where we read, You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're away and for on a journey, when you're lying down and when you're getting up again. Physical growth and spiritual growth require balance. Balance, miracle growth is about two things spiritually. In your notes, number one, spiritual balance is about learning, learning God's truth. Because without truth, there's no growth. And God, knowing that we need truth to grow, has given us the truth. God tells us the truth in his word, the Bible. It is the truth about us, ourselves, about the truth of our world, about our lives, and about the future. And God's truth helps us then to grow. If I take some miracle girl home and I put it on a shelf in the garage, I feel really better about having miracle girl on the shelf in the garage. I think now the plants are all going to be happy. No, that's not going to happen. We often make the mistake spiritually as well. We think that we have become more spiritual. We just have a Bible at home. God's going to feel better about you and me growing spiritually because you just have a Bible. You may even display your Bible prominently on the table. Wow, look at that family Bible. This is going to help your family grow? No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to get into that Bible and get it into your life. Multiple ways for learning. You repeat the word. You talk about the truth. You discuss the truth. You do it at different times. You do it in different ways. And the key to learning is that you have God's truth in your life in multiple ways. Sometimes we do it only one way, and we often become frustrated. It doesn't seem to stick. But God has made us multiple inputs. That's how we learn. That's how we grow spiritually also. So in order to grow, you need to hear it, read it, memorize it, discuss it, do it. We need balance in learning. Number two, the secondly, we need balance in your notes, living God's purpose. God, Paul talks about living a life of purpose. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, Paul writes, So I run straight to the goal, the purpose in every step. So let me ask you, when your tires get out of balance on your car, what happens? Well, first of all, they probably wear out when they're out of balance. There's no doubt about it. What else happens? You get this shaking and shimmering kind of thing also. The same thing happens with your spiritual life. When you're out of balance, we get out of balance we wear out kind of quickly. Our lives are becoming more shaky. That includes us and everybody else as a passenger with us in life. So one of the ways we balance God's purposes, looking at his five purposes in your notes. Number one, first purpose, worship. I need to worship God and tell him how much I love him. That's the purpose of life to keep it balanced. Number two, belong. I need to belong with other people in God's family, the church. For balance, I need fellowship. 
Number three, I grow. I grow in my knowledge of God and my love for God. Number four, serve. A balanced life enables me to serve other people. And number five, share. I share the good news with other people. So you balance those five purposes and you become healthy spiritually. Number three, the third ingredient in your notes is relationships. Essential ingredients for spiritual growth. Number one, commitment. Number two, balance. Number three, if you're going to grow and have a lifetime of spiritual growth, it's going to take also relationships. You were made for relationships. God puts you into a family. That's where you grow. You were made for relationships. God demands from us. What he demands of us, and he knows us best, he knows how he made us, is that we are to strive for excellence in all relationships. As we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Just look at Hebrews 10.24. Please read it with me together out loud. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So you cannot grow by yourself. We are to spur one another on. In your notes, great things that we see on this earth often are small things in heaven. The things that are most important are not even things at all. It's about our relationship with God and our relationship with people. In your notes, small things. The small things we see on this earth, they will be great in heaven. Because Jesus said, whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of my children is doing it to me. So you need other people to spur you on towards the love and the good deeds that God wants to see happening in your life. There are growth steps that you will never take on your own. You'll never accomplish spiritual growth outside of a relationship with other people. You can't. There's a battle. There's a battle being between being in your notes, being on your own versus one another. Are you on your own? Are you with one another? I cannot love God the way that God means for me to love him on my own. I need relationships. Relationships to spur me on. I cannot do it, the good deeds that God means for me to do on my own. In conclusion, there are some 30 one another's in the New Testament that simply are necessary for you to have spiritual growth. Look at some of them in your notes. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another. Serve one another. Put up with one another. Be kind, compassionate to one another. Teach and admonish one another. Encourage one another daily. Offer hospitality to one another. It's because Jesus loves you. Because Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus wants you to be with him in all eternity. And you begin with his relationship of love for you. And you build on that relationship in your relationship with one another. His love, his love will never fail you. This is your spiritual miracle growth or lifetime of growth. Commitment, balance, and relationships. May the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, amen.